Hello, and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and I've got Darcy with me as usual. Darcy, how are you doing this weekend? I'm doing okay. I am so tired today for some reason. Like, I wanted to, like, I had all these plans. I was going to watch the Auburn basketball game, and I was going to, like, do my bike workout during the first half of the game, and I just, like, could not keep my eyes open. So Uh-oh. I actually just woke up for, from a pretty solid nap. <laughs> well, sometimes you just got to rest and let your body relax and yeah. recharge and... I think it was one of those days. I want to give a big apology and a shout out to some of Darcy's friends for discovering last week's snafu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my friend Kate was like, um, have you listened to the episode yet? And I was like, I haven't. And she was like, yeah, there's, it's just Sarah's track and there's no music. Yeah. (laughs) So I basically loaded the, um, main tracks and called them the same name as I called my, usually I put publish so that I can distinguish the track that I need to, to attach to the platform after we mm-hmm. edited it. And I didn't do that this time. And for some reason I clicked on the wrong track and uploaded it and didn't even, so it was just a matter of going in and just replacing <laughs> it with the correct track. But in the meantime, it, I think it had been loaded like a hundred times. So I kind of put out an apology and I was like, hey everyone, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a mistake. <laughs> Please don't send us hate mail. <laughs> and then Darcy's friends Sarah. sent me emails and they were like, we were missing Darcy. We were so sad. We thought maybe she wasn't on the podcast anymore. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, well, no. no. I mean, it, it's clearly like you're having a conversation with somebody. It's just the other person's just not there because it was just one track. So yeah. Well, just, they didn't tune funny. in to figure that out because they were like, Darcy's not there. Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> So it was just like, oh no, this is bad. This is really bad. So we posted, you know, we're human. Yeah. We make oh, mistakes. Yeah. Uh, things have been quite crazy for me lately. Um, yeah. My job has just kind of been very, very stressful. Um, it's it's hard to be the new kid on the block anyway. Mm-hmm. And you find that it's like that what they, they make that joke about prison where you have to just go up and punch the biggest scariest person oh, uh-huh. to build your rep and your 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 uh your credentials or whatever uh-huh. and i felt like i needed to do that i'm um, just having been in the legal field and there's some kind of old karen type ladies that i work mm. with and they just will not let you get a word in edgewise it's just been challenging to try to deal with that and to try to figure out how to navigate your way in a brand new, and it's a very very large company so there's a lot of people involved in every project and it's just been kind of difficult to try to adjust to that because I've never worked for a company that's this large before. So in addition to all the expenses and the time and energy that we're spending on this new house, there's that and there's mm-hmm. the COVID. So they told us last week that we had to start coming back into the office as well. Wow. So that's shocking. Yeah. It was a little surprising. And um, I think there's just a little bit of confusion and I just, I, I don't think everyone's necessarily aligned and it just has created a, a lo- little bit level of stress. Yeah. And granted, we're not going in every day. We're going in like once a week. But to me, that's kind of a slippery slope. Because once you tell them, hey, we're okay with coming in, then mm-hmm. what's to stop them from saying, hey, you need to come in every day? Yeah. I know it's like some places are doing how they have like alternating work schedules. Yeah. So like you, they don't have a lot of people in the office at the same time. Are you doing that? Or is it just kind of yeah, like... Yeah, we're doing that. But the thing is, there's tons of people in there already from other departments. Oh. So... Like, they're keeping it below a certain level, but, like, it's just, it's kind of squishy to me. And yeah, I just, I feel like the way that we've now um, dealt with this for the last 10 months, we've determined conclusively that 99% of what we do in our positions can be done from home. So mm-hmm. there's no reason to even have an office. As far as I'm concerned, they can shut that down and save the money. <laughs> 
I think a lot of places are realizing that. It's been interesting because I like the, my job. I like the people I work with. I like what I'm doing. But it's just, it's an adjustment getting used to being at a new company and, and being with such a large company. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if I sound a little stressed sometimes, that's why. But Right. In any case, um, the house has just been amazing. Like every day we discover new things. Like we found a little ash chute in the fireplaces where you just brush the ashes and it goes down a little chute into the basement oh. into like an ash pit. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> we started like the that. fires. Because did you see my electric bill was $509? I was going to say, I saw that power bill. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even the electric bill. That was the gas bill alone. Jeez moly. <laughs> So I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I don't have $500 sitting around waiting to pay a, a, a gas bill every month. And Not that for utilities. Even, that's crazy. The electric bill was $120. Wow. So yeah, you could easily go broke if you had to pay those kind of that kind of money. So immediately mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what do we do to fix this? Yeah. <laughs> so we started looking around the house and it turns out, I mean, this house is 7,000 square feet and every single radiator in every single room was on. That'll do it. That'll yeah. run you about $510. <laughs> yep. So essentially, we had to go through and just turn off all the radiators in the rooms that we're not using and just right. turn the heat down because we had it up really high anyway. It was like, yeah. technically, it was set at 67, but it was really like 75 degrees in the house. Ooh, that's way too hot. Yeah. So Ooh, like, way too hot. it just was ridiculous. And I keep telling Mike, hey, we got to turn the heat down. We got to turn the heat down. And then I got that bill and I was like, we oh my turn the heat off. <laughs> the heat needs to go off. I said, let's just get some little portable heaters and put them in the rooms we're in. There's no reason to turn the heat on for the whole house. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And now I understand adulting. Right. And I remember when we were kids, my mom had these massive electric bills and just thinking, oh, whatever. Now I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my Not God. my problem. Yeah. 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 Right. Adulting sucks. I, uh-huh. I want out. Zero stars. Do not yeah. recommend. <laughs> avoid. Avoid. Yeah. So that's been a little bit of a challenge. Um, and just some of the other things like that we got a, a bid for to do the plaster work. Because, you know, old houses have a lot of cracked plaster. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff that's falling down and in disrepair that hasn't been dealt with for years. And so we got the plaster bill and they want 15 grand. Whoa. To redo all the the places where the plaster's falling and the ceilings are cracked and stuff. And I was just like, I took like a very deep swallow Gulp. and was like, yeah, yeah. that ain't going to happen. But um, why don't we jump into today's case? Let's do it. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, get yourselves all saddled up for this one. This is a very, very interesting case. And the reason that it came, I've actually been looking at this for years now, to be honest with you. And then I saw an article that was talking about there's going to be a Netflix special that's mm-hmm. going to talk about it, a docu-series. I think it's a four-part docu-series that's coming out in February. And then there's also a Discovery Plus Ghost Adventures or something like that mm-hmm. is coming up with an episode where they're going to talk about it as well. So it's getting a little bit of press coverage lately, and that's the case of Elisa Lamb. Yeah. The, now, the Netflix thing, is that about Elisa Lamb or is that about the Cecil Hotel? I heard it was about her, oh, okay. her case. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Cecil Hotel in itself, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit as well, has a very, very infamous and interesting, notorious history yeah. as well. So that is super, super interesting. But there are so many different side elements of this case that I just find so fascinating and so alarming and mysterious. And just, I'm going to jump into it. Okay. So this case actually involves a young Canadian student. She was 21 at this time. Um, when she checked into this particular hotel, but she was born April 30th, 1991. 
Okay, so I'm going to jump back into history to 2013 just to start this off, just to kind of give us all a reference point since I really like to do that. Okay, so we both lived in California. <laughs> right. But beep, boop, boop, we're going back in the time <laughs> machine. Um, 2013 was the year of the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, yeah. Right, which was huge. You want to hear, a, also, a, sorry, can I go on a little side tangent about go that? Ahead. Go for it. So when I was in San Diego, I worked with Navy SEALs with my friend Kate, who uh, is the one that wrote in about the the one track thing. And um, we were out in the desert. We were out like on a field trip with uh, with a SEAL team. Actually, I'm not sure Kate was working with me yet at that point. But anyway, it was we were out there working, like kind of tracking them. And, and we took all these like various field measurements of like, you know, nutrition and heart rate and all, all this physiological stuff but anyway neither here nor there but we were out there when that happened when we got news of that yeah. and it mm-hmm. was wild to because it was very clearly a terrorist attack but it was like the, the the mentality that they had of like hearing about it wasn't the same as like you or i of like oh my gosh look at the destruction look at who who would do this like oh my gosh just watching right. the coverage first thing that the one guy said that i'm sitting next to is he goes has anybody claimed it claimed it yet like his first thing was like who's claimed yeah. responsibility because like that's what, what they do. Yeah, so it was just like it was like it was a very weird experience to hear like just the different mentality of like how those guys respond to a, a something a tragedy versus how like me and I'm like yeah. I can't I'm paralyzed how by fear and this, these, these guys are like guys. yeah these guys are like all right who claimed it what are we gonna do let's let's get into action kind of a thing it was yeah yeah it was it was Bizarre. really cool yeah um, but that happened in 2013 Mm -hmm. and that was two bombs that were set off and some people took responsibility for it and the gentleman one of them died Mm -hmm. in a shootout and the other one is in prison for it now which side note on that yep i guess he has tried to sue the court saying that he's been treated unfairly he's not being allowed to wear a certain baseball cap that they say is offensive and he's trying to sue for inhumane treatment and all kinds of other he's also trying to get his death penalty overturned yes wild uh-huh. very very wild um and that's a side note yep. i have that listed as another episode to talk about the updates on that one but i guess the hat that he was wearing is was the same one that he was wearing at the time of the attacks oh. and he bought a white cap in the commissary and they told him he couldn't wear it because it was offensive or something of that nature and so he was pissed off about that oh, okay very very mm. interesting um in any case so 2013 we're jumping back here that was also the year that the cleveland kidnapping came to light with Ariel Castro. Oh, yeah. And Gina De Jesus, Amanda Berry, and um, Michelle Knight. So go back and listen to that episode if you want some more information on it. Um, verdicts also came in that year for George Zimmerman and Jody Arias. Oh, my gosh. So the court trial cases were going on that year for those yeah. two particularly just crazy cases. George Zimmerman being the man who killed Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin, claiming self defense, and he was acquitted. And got off scot-free. Just a, a wild, wild case. That thing set off a lot of protests. Yep. And um, nationwide, just unrest and upset about how black people were being treated. And then, of course, Jodi Arias murdered her boyfriend, Travis Alexander, and was sent to prison for that yep. after her conviction. But um, that was the year that twerk and selfie were added to the dictionary. There were, they're added to the twerk is in the dictionary? Yeah officially in the freaking dictionary and as far that. as i'm concerned we can skip those two because i i don't <laughs> yeah either one of those words are just annoying Same. to me but um april 12th the there was an explosion at the west texas fertilizer plant that killed 15 oh and i remember that. those people were first responders yeah just awful 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 that was outside of waco i believe yeah. 
Uh, in San Francisco, July 6th, a Boeing 777 crashed, killing three Chinese students. Mm. That was Asiana Airlines, and one of them was run over by the first responders truck. Do you remember that? No. Holy crap. Just awful, 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 awful. Uh, Nelson Mandela died that yep. year, which was very, very sad. The, the famous civil rights leader. Um, let's see here. Hang on. Paul Walker died that year in the infamous mm. car crash. Mm-hmm the end of the year yep Corey monteith and james gandolfini yeah. died that year Corey. yeah um yes yeah, so Corey died that year of an overdose and james gandolfini died that year i believe of cancer or no it was a heart attack right he did yeah it was pretty sudden i think yeah the famous actor in sopranos show, the sopranos mm-hmm. yeah he was a good actor mm-hmm. uh margaret thatcher uh died that year as well as roger e- roger ebert the famous film critic mm-hmm. Uh, and the Venezuelan president, Hugo Chavez, died that year after a cancel, cancer battle. Now, wait a, a second. I heard he man. interfered with the 2020 election. Mm, no. <laughs> he passed away in 2013. Mm. So that would it's almost as if that possible. theory had no merit whatsoever. Yeah. Moving on. So <laughs> Lou Reed, Marcia Wallace, and Tom Clancy, the author, all died that year as well. Prince William and Kate Middleton, welcome to Prince George. Mm-hmm first new heir to the throne during that time period. Um, baby panda twins, Mei Lun and Mei Huan, were born that year, and they were the first baby pandas born in the U.S. since 1987, which okay. they're freaking adorable. Yeah. Look them up. They're so cute. As I mentioned earlier, the George Emmerman case happened. He was found not guilty to second-degree murder charges and manslaughter charges, which is interesting. It wasn't even He wasn't even tried for murder. He was tried for second-degree mm-hmm. murder which was interesting. This sparked demonstrations and protests nationwide. There was a huge gay marriage push that year as well. And that was the year that it became allowed in California, mm-hmm. as well as benefits for um, gay couples. Jody Arias was found guilty in the first-degree murder charges of Travis Alexander, and that set off a whole media circus. There were just millions of people looking at her and watching yep. her ridiculousness. That was also the year that Lance, Ar- ugh, Lance Armstrong pleaded or excuse me he fell from grace yep after he admitted that he had used banned substances and doping yep and he was banned from um whatever the world cycling association is like he could not compete from that for them anymore he was like this cycling god until that point and then after that it was no no more and people wondered you know how had he been so successful after he'd had cancer treatment, and mm-hmm. then it made sense to a lot of people. Well, and he tried to hide it, a lot of it, as medicine that was part of his treatment. But yeah. then there was also, he was also bullying everybody on his team to also take performance-enhancing drugs, and it all kind of fell apart. I remember it fell like falling apart when one of the other riders came forward and was like, he's bullied all of us because he wanted us to be dirty along with him so that nobody right. would say anything. Yeah. Lance Armstrong, not a great, not a great dude. No, no, it doesn't look that way. Uh, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford was caught using crack cocaine that year. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing anymore, especially not in 2013. Right. Like, there's so many other recreational drugs you could use. Why do you have to pick crack cocaine? I don't know. I guess Americans had the market on opiates, so the Canadians needed something else, and he went with crack. Bizarre. Really, really bizarre. That was the first year that the Pope signed in on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, as well. That was bizarre. I think Twitter went public that year Okay. Well. So he was like, oh, I'm going to check this yeah. out. Um, cell phones 
we're entering center stage as major events started to get filmed more and more yep. on cell phones and then posted online and social media. This was a wild one. Notre Dame football star Manti Teo. Manti. I think that's how you say his name. Manti Teo. Uh-huh. Uh, got catfished yep. and that was like a huge thing evidently he'd been in love and had this relationship with someone that didn't exist that he had do. never met he so it was there's actually just an ESPN special about it so he met this girl supposedly online and they started they, they entered a relationship together like he called her his girlfriend and then she died in a car accident and so he was on like national tv talking about his girlfriend dying in a car accident and it how it meant a lot for his faith to like stay like keep her in mind and how like that that was his whole thing was he he had this terrible tragedy happen to him that his girlfriend died and then right before they because they played Alabama in the national championship game that year right before the national championship game it all came out that it was fake oh my god yeah and then I'm sure they I, th- I thought they were accusing him of making it up to try to get sympathy at first and they, then they found out they that it did was, and then they yeah. found out that he. Had no, no idea. idea, yeah. That's just wild. Yeah. Totally wild, wild case. He's married that was also now. the year... Sorry. Oh, good. Good for mm-hmm. him that he found true love and got away from that craziness. Mm-hmm. That was also the year that Edward Snowden mm. supposedly stole thousands of confidential and classified documents. Yep. He was a national security administrative contractor. Yeah, with Booz Allen, Huge, I think. huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. 5,000 people were killed in the Philippines in a typhoon that year, mm. which was also... That's a lot of people. Yeah. Tornadoes in Oklahoma killed 18, and across Illinois, this was the most, it was the deadliest tornado season ever in Illinois Hmm. during that year, which is crazy. Like, I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't want to be involved in a tornado. And we hear the tornado sirens here every Tuesday. They test them Mm -hmm. out, which is wild to me. Like, I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah. First couple times it happened, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Here, it's like the first Wednesday of every month they test it. Um, but you kind of start to notice, and I think we talked about this a little bit before, but you kind of start to notice, like, if it's a, like, sunny day, it's not anything, and, like, the first time you hear it, you're like, what day is it? Oh, okay, they're testing it. But then if you yeah. hear it, and it's like, you look outside, and the sky's, like, green, you're like, oh, shh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know so much. Yeah. We've had a couple bad, bad storms since then. It's been pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, so... There were also record-breaking wildfires that year in Arizona. They killed 10 people. I think they were all, all if not mostly, firefighters, mm-hmm. which is really sad to me. That was the year that Aston Kutcher and Demi Moore finalized their divorce. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. And also Bruce and Chris Jenner split that year. Oh, okay. It's before the whole Caitlyn Jenner yeah. thing exploded on the scene. Liam Hemsworth splits from Miley who was on a freaking rampage. That was the year that her wrecking ball She had came a out. wild year. Yeah. That was or a pretty two. bizarre year for her. Yeah. She was, hmm, yeah. I'm just going to leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> on TV, <laughs> On TV, there was Breaking Bad, House of Cards, Scandal, Arrested Development, Orange is the New Black. I remember starting to watch Orange is the New Black during that time, too, and just being like, whoa. There was a lot of interesting TV during that time. I watched all of those. Until Orange is the New Black. I did not like that one. I tried it. You didn't care for it? I tried it because it was the same creator as um, Weeds, and I loved Weeds. Yeah. And I tried it, and I just couldn't I couldn't get into it. I liked the actresses except the main one, that blonde girl. Like, okay. I just didn't. To me, that was like, is your white privilege like going to show up anymore in this? <laughs> and it's because it's a true story, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I didn't. I watched it, but... 
I liked the some of the characters, but I just didn't care for hers. Right. Um, and I just don't know how realistic it is because I've never been to prison myself, yeah. and I don't really know. I know some men who've been to prison, but I don't know any women who've been to prison, yeah. so I really couldn't confirm or deny any of that. So I watched a little bit back then when it first came out, but that was also the year that Candy Crush became the most popular game. Never played that. I'm very proud of myself. I've never played it or downloaded yep. it, but my significant other plays it every night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just like, no, really? Is this really happening? Uh, Obama's Affordable Care Act came out that year, mm-hmm. which mixed reviews on that from a lot of different people. Uh, let's see here. Dennis Rodman met Kim Jong-un that year. Oh, God. <laughs> Remember yes. how scandalous that was? Yes. We were like, what is he doing? Yep. This is so wild. Why is he meeting him? Why is that a thing? Grumpy Cat mm-hmm. made it big that year. Remember Grumpy Cat? Mm-hmm. I love Grumpy Cat. He's super cute. Duck Dynasty. Never watched it. It's a big thing. I watched it a couple times and was like, why? Yeah. Why is this a show? <laughs> why? <laughs> and I watched it for the reason that that is the same city where my sister's husband is from, Monroe, Louisiana. Oh, it's in Monroe? So like, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I want to see what this is about. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, many American cities also began to criminalize homelessness in 2013. So you've got cities like uh, Columbia City of South Carolina, Los Angeles, Harrisburg, and Raleigh all criminalized homelessness. Really? Yeah, which is wild. Yeah. Because a lot of those people are mentally ill, like have health issues and things like that, and it just seems sort of a ridiculous thing to prosecute someone for something like that. Why not spend the money you used to pay for that yeah. to help pay for shelters and to get these people off the street yeah. to give them assistance, rather than criminalizing it and spending money in the criminal justice system to prosecute these people? Yeah. It just didn't make any sense to me. Again, I mentioned earlier the Boston Marathon bombing happened that year. Two bombs, three were killed, and 264 people mm-hmm. were injured which had lasting impacts on a lot of different areas of the country after yep. that, including any marathons that happened in big public events and things yeah. of that nature. There was a lot of caution that had to be taken after that. North Korea was doing a lot of missile and nuclear testing during that time, and that was huge. Mm-hmm. That was creating quite a bit of scandal. Uh, there was a garment factory in Bangladesh that collapsed mm, that year, that. killing 1,127 people and injuring 2,500. And I thought to myself when I read that, how big was this place that that many people were Not killed and that that many were injured? Like, so they crammed yeah. them all into this small, oh, awful, It's like, awful, you know, have awful, you seen awful. like slums in India and stuff and like China where they're just like, it's, it's usually like a poverty row kind of a thing. Yeah. Like that, that's the working conditions. Just yeah. awful. Just be very, very careful who you buy from. Check the yeah. labels. Um, because if they're made in a lot of these countries, then you're basically supporting that kind of slave labor. Yeah. And it's just is awful. France uh, votes to allow gay marriage that year. So it was a big year mm-hmm. for gay marriage. Um, Target security breach happened that year, allowing up to 40,000, or excuse me, allowing for anywhere from 40 to 70 million customers' data to be stolen. Oh, I remember that, that? yeah. That huge breach. Yeah. Uh, Twitter went public, as I mentioned earlier. Vine was released that year, and then yeah, it's gone died. now. Like, do you remember Vine? I do you remember Vine? <laughs> it's like, why is it? was Vine kind of like TikTok? Like, yeah, it was. Bef- it was the thing before TikTok. Vine was just like seven seconds. That's all you could do. Yeah, yeah. Basically, not so much. In music, it was Pink, Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, Lord, Katy Perry, Justin Timberlake, Lady Gaga, Selena Gomez were all shaking things up, doing their thing along with Miley, 
Ugh. I'm sorry, but I don't like her. Oh, I do. On TV, The Walking Dead, New Girl, Blacklist, Revenge, The Americans, Girls. I loved that show. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love the Nine-Nine. We're all doing it big. In the movies, we had Iron Man 3, Star Trek Into Darkness, American Hustle, Wolf of Wall Street, Great Gatsby, World War II, or excuse me, World War Z, and Anchorman 2. Remember World War Z? I read World War Z. It's a, it's, I don't read very many fiction books, um, but that's a really, really good book and completely different from the movie. I like the book a lot yeah. better than the movie. I was really excited about the movie because I thought the book was good. Yeah, and I saw it's the movie completely and was like, different. What yeah. in the hell? Why is it necessary to have Brad Pitt in this, first of all? And second of all, no. I liked just, how in no, the book like they, they went around to like all these places that had survived the zombie apocalypse and they're like, okay, how is it that you got through it over here? And how is it that you got through it over here? And then in the movie, it's just not like that at all. Like it's yeah, just. They said it was one yeah. thing. They like, yeah, it was wild. I, I didn't care for it either, but it was interesting. Uh, let's flip back to our story now. Okay, so now that we have a little background about yeah. 2013, what was going on during that time period. And Elisa Lam's parents immigrated to the U.S. from Hong Kong, and they were going to open up a restaurant, or they did open up a restaurant, and that's what their family did. Now, Elisa was smart, friendly, outgoing, and she, she studied and enrolled at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Vancouver is awesome. If you ever, ever have a chance to go there, it's amazing. Vancouver, Canada is just like this huge city and it's kind of a melting pot for a lot of immigrants from all over the world. Okay. And so you have some of the most amazing food, culture, people, personalities, restaurants, shops, art museums. It is an incredible yeah. place to be. It's also a really good place for sports. Okay. So if you're into that kind of thing, go check out Vancouver. It's awesome. In any case, that's where her family had settled and where she was going to school. But by 2013, she was not enrolled there anymore. There was some speculation that she was having mental health issues and was taking a break. And this has come out in certain other portions. She was diagnosed as having bipolar disorder and depression. Mm -hmm. She was on four different kinds of medication to help with that. Well, Buterin, Lamictal, Seroquel, I think it's called, and Effexor. Seroquel, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, She was on these four different kinds of medications together as kind of a cocktail as part of her treatment. So she was seeking medical help. She Mm -hmm. was getting treatment for her mental health issues, which is good um, because a lot of people are really afraid to do that or don't know what it is. And so they don't seek treatment. But for some reason, her family and friends didn't know. They weren't aware that she was having these mental health issues. Hmm. And I suspect part of that is she comes from a really traditional kind of Chinese family. And there are some very interesting kind of viewpoints about mental illness from traditional families from a lot of ethnic backgrounds and i think maybe there was some fear maybe she felt as though if they knew that she was dealing with this that maybe they'd yank her out of school Mm. and make her come home and she wouldn't be able to be independent and she's 21 and she's this pretty girl who's vivacious and smart who's dealing with some mental health issues but she still wants to explore the world she still wants to be independent and and do things and that's what she had decided to do in 2013 she called this her west coast tour and she was going to take a trip to California, which to me blows my mind in a couple of different ways. Because at her age, I would have never taken a trip by myself to California. So she's taking a break and going, doing traveling through the West Coast, the United States. Gotcha. Yes. So she's going down into the United States to travel and to check things out. She wants to visit four cities in particular. She wants to go to San Diego, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Veracruz. Or Santa okay. Cruz. That's like going to be her West Coast tour, and she plans on taking the train and buses to kind of explore the West Coast Mm -hmm. of the U.S., which, again, I think that's incredibly bold and, like, brave of her because I would have never had the courage to do something like that on my own 
either, particularly Los Angeles. Maybe San Diego, maybe Santa Cruz, maybe San Francisco, but never Los Angeles. I would have been too afraid. I think I'd probably do it now. Um, and definitely by, by train, because the, the train, I mean, I've done the train from San Diego to, to LA. Um, so I think that would actually be a fun little trip, but I think I'd do that now, but I'm 36 now. I definitely wouldn't have done it at 21, you know? I wouldn't go by myself. Yeah. I would go with somebody else. I would make somebody else come with me. I've never just, being that I have this crazy criminal type yeah. mind that thinks of the worst case scenario, I would be like, yeah, I'm going to take a trip and someone's going to kidnap me and <laughs> cut my body into pieces and bury me in the backyard. So no, I'm not going to take a trip by myself. Uh, but in any case, she decided to take this West Coast tour for herself. And she was kind of taking a little break from school at that time anyway. And so this is January, 2013. She's like, she's been kind of struggling off and on with her mental health issues and feels like it would be a good idea for her to kind of take a little break mm-hmm. and take some time away from all of it and just do this West coast tour. And she's got a limited budget. So she plans to take the train and inner city buses to explore the cities. And she plans to post about her trips on her blog. Mm-hmm. So she was really, she was a really prolific blogger and she posted a lot of stuff on Tumblr and on Facebook. And she kind of kept a lot of people aware of like what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She was taking pictures. She was checking in with her parents every day. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't, she, it's not like she just disappeared and, and decided to take off to these cities. She told everyone where she was going. She had a very specific itinerary. It was yeah. kind of laid out day by day to the place she was going to go. And and she was posting regularly and communicating with people. So there was no worry, I think, initially. Yeah. January 2013, Elisa boards an Amtrak train to San Diego. And while there, she goes to the zoo and takes a lot of pictures and posts about her visit on her blog. Her blog was called Etherfields, which is super hmm. interesting. She seemed, I looked at her blogs and some of her posts and things on Tumblr and she was very, very creative. She posted a lot of stuff about, mm-hmm. was into fashion and just some, she was, seemed like a very creative and artistic person. I saw pictures of her. Mm-hmm. She was a very pretty young girl. So I think by all accounts, you know, yes, she did have this mental health issue, but she had a bright future ahead of her. She was, she was a good writer. She like definitely was very creative and I think mm-hmm. she could have done a lot of things if she hadn't have passed away but during this time elisa calls her mom and dad in vancouver every day and she's breaking down her agenda and telling them where she's staying and all that kind of stuff um january 26th elisa gets to los angeles and checks into her hotel she is staying at this the stay on main in downtown los angeles but that was basically the renamed cecil hotel or cecil right. hotel, however you want to say and it. this is the part that i would this not is a very notorious place that i wouldn't have but I didn't know anything about the the Cecil Hotel before this story came out. So like, but I I definitely would not have like I would have looked at this place online and been like, nope, not staying there. Well, evidently, from what I understand, this hotel was built in mm-hmm. the mid to late twenties. Some sources say nineteen twenty five, some say twenty seven. But in any case, it was built in the twenties, and it was built essentially for Los Angeles business people, mm-hmm. people who were coming into Los Angeles to conduct business, businessmen yeah. back then. And it kind of fell on hard times in the 30s after the Great Depression and never mm-hmm. quite recovered. So it turned into Skid Row down in L.A. sort of developed around it. And so it was a very rough kind of area in Los Angeles. And this hotel was sort of positioned as a cheap stay. They had long-term guests. They had short-term guests. And they were really targeting non-Americans that were really? coming and traveling in here. They wouldn't necessarily know the history okay. of the area and that kind of thing. And then they had converted a portion of the hotel into oh, sort of okay. a hostel type thing where you could share rooms with mm-hmm. other young people. 
when you were traveling through and pay a very, very low rate and stay at the hotel and have a place to, to, mm-hmm. to, to sleep, essentially. So that was the sort of situation that Elisa kind mm-hmm. of got herself into. She was in a shared room with somebody else initially, and she went and checked into that shared room. But then after a few days, they had been complaining. Her roommate had complained about sort of irrational, odd behavior. And so they moved her okay. into her own room. Okay. Now, yeah. the Cecil Hotel. It's a really bizarre Mm -hmm. place. (laughs) There have been a lot of murders, (laughs) crimes, and notorious individuals that have reportedly stayed at the Cecil Hotel. Um, The most famous murder in that particular area was of Pigeon Lady of Pershing Square, who was raped and murdered in her room. This is still an unsolved case. This was in the 60s, I believe, 1964. And then you've got serial killers like Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and Jack Uter Wagner, mm-hmm. who both stayed at the Cecil Hotel while they were actively yep. murdering people, while they were in their active phases of serial killing. And reportedly, Richard Ramirez would kill people and then come back to the hotel in bloody clothes, dump them in a dumpster, and then run through the lobby or up the back stairs in his underwear to his wow. hotel room where he stayed. I, I think he stayed on a room next to the roof on the top okay. floor or something like that. And they said that it was just so wild during the time that he was staying there that no one even Jeez. gave it a second glance. And then this other guy was like a German serial killer who murdered three women in Los Angeles and killed them with their own Mm. bras, strangled them with their own bras during that time period. He had checked into the hotel claiming he was a crime writer or a true crime writer or something of that nature and then went on to kill these three women, which very, very bizarre story in itself. And then you've got the stories of numerous people who jumped from their windows in this hotel room to commit suicide. The most famous of one was where a lady jumped and she landed Mm -hmm. on a pedestrian a pedestrian killing both herself and this poor guy who just happened to have been walking below crazy crazy place um i think i read somewhere that there were 16 murders unnatural deaths suicides of that nature things crimes and things of that nature in that, that hotel yeah. from the pre- until the present which and also paranormal activity they said yikes but i wonder why elisa chose this place and I, the only thing I can think of is that she had kind of done a preliminary search. She saw that it was cheap and that it was convenient and it offered kind of a hotel or yeah. excuse me, a hostel type situation. And she was staying on the fifth floor with another person. So maybe that gave her that element of safety that she was really looking for. Um, and of course, if she's not from the States and she's not from Los Angeles or the West coast, then perhaps she wouldn't like, if you're just a random person researching stuff, you're not necessarily going to know that the Cecil hotel right. is bad or notorious. <laughs> Especially I don't know, but like out of the country. Yelp existed in 2013, didn't it? Or like Google reviews or something. I you think know, it like did. there was something that she could have seen online. Like a quick Google would have like told her about this area. Yeah, she didn't. So, which is even scarier. Um, so she's at the hotel and she checks into this room with this this other person that's in there and this person starts complaining that she's just got some really odd behavior and it doesn't say Hmm. what that odd behavior was i presumably she was staying up all night she was doing kind of acting a little funny and the person was very uncomfortable with it so after two days of complaining the hotel's chat hotel staff moves elisa to her own room and Again, I'm, I'm trying to speculate as to what this odd behavior would be that would be so crazy that it would get her moved to her own room. Yeah, I mean, it, she may have been, like, in a manic state. Um, 
Yes. That's kind of all I can, because the depressive state wouldn't really be, like, you wouldn't complain necessarily about that. And we'll, okay. we'll get into that a little bit. I've got a couple other things that kind of relate to that um, later on in the story. But in any case, there was also reports that she had vanished before for a brief period. And she had posted on her blog about a relapse, hmm. quote unquote. So she didn't necessarily get into the specifics about her mental health problems, but she talked about a relapse and she talked about struggling the previous year in 2012, indicated that she felt lost and like she didn't know what was going on. She had no direction and she had like her hope was fading Mm -hmm. and things like that. So clearly the depression and the bipolar disorder were really like she was struggling with that and she knew she had issues, but she kind of felt as though... You know, I'm taking the medication. I'm getting treatment. I just got to ride this out. Mm-hmm. It'll go away eventually, like it always does, and I'll be okay. But in the meantime, it's tough, and it's hard, mm-hmm. and here's what I'm dealing with. It's hard for me right now. So she wasn't specific, but she did kind of indicate that she was struggling with emotions and bipolar disorder and depression, which is very, very challenging, and I yeah. can't imagine what that's like. But she would usually just watch TV and wait mm-hmm. for the episodes to pass. Which, you know, lay in bed, watch TV, wait for it to pass. And this particular time, she decided she was going to go take a trip. And I don't know whether her manic episode started in the middle of her trip, whether it started before she took the trip. Like, when that sort of whole thing happened, they don't know. We can only speculate at this point. But after five days of her Los Angeles stay, on January 31st, 2013, Elisa plans to check out of the Cecil Hotel, or stay on Maine, as it was called, and head to Santa Cruz. But she never checked out. And she never called to check in with her parents. And this was the first time in this trip that this had happened. So her parents were understandably Mm -hmm. extremely worried. They immediately call the police and file a missing persons report. And they get on a plane and fly to Los Angeles to start looking for Lisa. Like, Mm -hmm. they're on it. Like, they're very concerned for their daughter. And with, I think, with good reason. The staff indicated that they remembered seeing Elisa and they recalled that she had been moved to a private room by herself because she had had that kind of odd behavior and they said that she failed to check out of her room and no one had seen her since a certain day. So the police search the hotel and they get dogs actually and search mm-hmm. the public areas. But because of privacy reasons and because she's only missing and there's no reason to really indicate that there's any foul play mm-hmm. involved, there's no blood, there's no signs that a crime was committed, they can't search oh, Okay. Room. They can only search certain areas and ones that the hotel allows them to search. And they can't get a search warrant because right. there's no probable cause at that point because they don't... She but just they do is check her room, point. They don't really have any... Yeah, okay. Yes. They just... They don't have any reason to they believe... They can't go into other people's rooms. They, they're not seeing gotcha. any signs. Yeah. And because of her odd behavior and some of the other things, I think that they kind of just believe right. she maybe ran away or she just took off and she'd be back. Which I think often happens in cases where you've got people that have that are suffering from mental health issues i think it gets downplayed i think especially with young people and they think oh Mm -hmm. there's some drugs involved and she'll pop back up when she comes down from her high or when she comes down from her manic episode and they kind of brush it off which yeah i mean i think that 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 definitely is true but the other part of that and this is a thing that i'm she's 21 so this doesn't really apply here but this is a thing that i'm huge on is back in the day when parents would call and say my kid is missing they will you know he probably just ran away he'll be he'll come back and the reason they do that is because they can't send out cops every time a parent calls because their kid didn't like miss curfew they don't have the resources for that yeah but at the same time like i just want to be like it's a kid it's a minor i don't care what the circumstances are no she's not she's not but like that's just one of those things where it's like it's just one of those and and 
that's why I say like they probably didn't really they probably did brush it off because a she's 21 she's allowed to go missing if she wants b there is a history of mental mm-hmm. health issues um and and a history of odd behavior they probably did think that maybe she and she's staying on skid row i mean that that comes with a stigma yeah. and i'm sure the police applied that stigma uh she probably went you yeah. know to score some drugs or something and she'll be back you know right. we don't want to spend the resources on this woman who we had no reason to think anything bad happened to her yeah so the police and the dogs searched the public areas including the roof Mm-hmm. and didn't find anything no signs no traces no sniff not even a, a hint of anything wrong mm-hmm. so they take off um by february 6 2013 elisa's been missing for a week and the police decide to ask the public and they start they release a picture and they they believe somebody knows something and they ask has anybody seen this girl mm-hmm. we need to try to figure this out and they're still at this point thinking that she's there's no foul play have they checked the security cameras at this point yeah um, Okay, interesting. Not yet. So February 7th, they have a press conference, and they post flyers all over L.A. asking for information from anyone who may have seen this young college student. And the manager of a popular bookstore called, I believe it was called The Last Bookstore, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um for reasons I'll talk about later, but she's seen by this owner of this bookstore who came forward and said that she had seen Elisa... And she'd come into the store uh, prior to her disappearance and bought some books and things for her family. And she was very outgoing and lively and friendly and very chatty and just kind of wondering whether she'd be able to fit all these books into her luggage and whether it'd be too heavy to carry while she was traveling and just kind of Mm -hmm. really normal, I think, sort of interaction with this young lady. I don't think she had any reason to believe there was anything odd or off or anything Mm -hmm. about it. It was a normal interaction, according to this woman. And then you see footage it gets released February 14th. The LA Police Department releases the surveillance video from February 1st. And this is the mm-hmm. infamous elevator scene from the Stay on Main, AKA Hotel Cecil. And yes. have you seen the footage? It's pretty wild. It's two and a half minutes. It's a video clip. And she enters the elevator. She's wearing red hoodie, black shorts, gray shirt, and sandals. And the, okay. it's the camera that is inside the elevator. Correct. Yeah. So she basically pushes multiple buttons for multiple floors and stops and looks outside and then looks back in and then steps into the hallway. I mean, there's just a whole little, and I'm going to kind of get into that in just a second here, but the video has been analyzed extensively and has really caused a little bit of controversy mm-hmm. for this case uh, because the elevator didn't go anywhere. The whole time she was there, the door stayed open. Yep. She's peeking out. She's doing all kinds of strange kind of behaviors. And the elevator door never shut mm-hmm. while she was in the elevator. It stayed open. People are interested in this video. And some of the primary reasons for that is because her mouth is pixelated at certain points. And the timestamp at the bottom is obscured. Mm-hmm. And there are also people that are saying that there's about a minute, approximately a minute of the video missing. And parts of the video have been slowed down. So it's a little bit suspicious, to say the least. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there saying that she's playing kind of this strange game called the elevator game. Mm-hmm. And Have you heard of this? I've heard of it, but like, I feel like I heard about it when they were talking about this, but I don't remember what the elevator game is. 
because she pressed multiple buttons mm-hmm. in sort of a unique order several times. But the elevator game, they also call it the elevator ritual game or elevator to another world. And this is reportedly a game that originated in Korea and searches on the internet for this game exceed about 30,000 per month. So Whoa. it's obviously very, very popular and people are out there doing this now, but some people believe that if you play this game properly, you can enter a different world. So it's like some kind of bizarre, like <laughs> side note of a theory, but this is how you play this game. And many people believe that Eliza was playing, or Lisa was playing this game when she died. But the game requires a building with at least 10 floors or 10 stories and an elevator. The Cecil Hotel had 19 floors, mm-hmm. just FYI. 299 rooms, opened in the late 20s, and it's on 640 South Main Street in Los Angeles. And it's still there now. Mm-hmm. It's not called the Cecil or the Cecil Hotel anymore. It's now been designated as a historic landmark, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And it was bought, I believe, just recently, maybe 2018 or 19, by a New York company for property development. And they're trying to change, trying to change it into sort of a boutique hotel type sort of thing. Mm-hmm. In any case, back to the 2013 This is how you play the elevator game. You step into the elevator alone on the first floor. It's a no-go if anyone else is in there with you or anyone else steps on with you. So you have to be by yourself, which makes me think... Because there can't be any proof that it doesn't work. (laughs) But it also makes me think that you'd have to play this game really late at night or really early in the morning because otherwise you're going to have hotel guests Mm -hmm. that are going to be popping up and and trying to get on at certain floors and it's going to screw the whole thing up. So you've got to be by yourself. Then you press the... You essentially step into the elevator alone on the first floor... And you press the button for the fourth floor, but you don't get off, okay? Okay. When you're there on the fourth floor, you press the second floor button and then the sixth floor and then the second floor button again. And then after that, you press the fifth floor button. When you get to the fifth floor, because it's going to stop at the fifth floor first, right? When you get there, Mm -hmm. the door will open and a strange looking lady is supposed to get on the elevator with you. You're not supposed to look at this woman or speak to her. You have to keep looking down because this person is a paranormal creature. So you're supposedly, if you look at this person or speak to her, she'll take you away to some weird nether region. So you're supposed to ignore her at all costs. Then you press the button for the first floor. And at this point, the elevator will supposedly go to the 10th floor instead of the first floor while you will reach this other world, okay? The woman in the elevator with you will supposedly ask you at that point, where are you going? And you're not supposed to answer her, but you're supposed to step forward if you want to explore this other world. So step out of the elevator and look around to explore it, okay? You can't do it from inside of the elevator. You've got to step off the elevator, Mm -hmm. okay? If you follow the above steps again, then you can return to your other world. So once you're outside and you explore and you decide you want to go back to the real world, you have to get back in and press the buttons in the same order that you just did in order to get back. Which is interesting because when you look at the video, you see Elisa and it looks like she's doing these steps in the, in the order, right? And some people believe that she was playing this game and was killed by spirits. Okay, so again, this is an off conspiracy mm-hmm. topic. Uh, and then they also believe that it was captured on CCTV, and that's why a portion of the video was taken away or clipped out. Okay. Right. All right. So back to the video. 
So Lisa is seen in the hotel video in the elevator, selecting multiple floors and then waiting. And the elevator stays open. And then she steps out, looks around, pokes her head out at certain points. And then she backs up against the wall of the elevator at certain points, like she's hiding from someone. And the door remains open the whole time. Then she goes back and presses the buttons again, like in like the same kind of order as that elevator game. Mm-hmm. And it, it's super creepy because you don't see any other people in this video but her. And as right. she's standing in the hallway... She steps kind of out of the vision of the camera, but you can still sort of see her hands moving and they start to kind of flutter and her movements are really stiff and unnatural. And it is really, really wild. Like just, I I got the the chills when I watched this because I was just like, it doesn't seem normal. Like the movements of her hands (laughs) and things, it either seems like she's having a seizure or she's in the middle of some kind of mental breakdown. It's not a normal, you know, like if you're waving normal movements of your hands, Mm -hmm. it's very, very wild. Super creepy. Then she walks away and the elevator door slowly closes and opens, closes, opens, closes. And then the video ends, which is mm-hmm. so weird to me. Like, why does this elevator not door not close while she's in there? And then it suddenly closes as soon as she steps out of the elevator. Really weird. Anyway, this video went viral and had 3 million views on a Chinese website and 30 to 40,000 comments with within weeks of posting this video. So people are like mm-hmm. wildly speculating about what's going on in this video. And the theories that are And she's still missing at this point, right? Okay. Yes. No one has found no trace of her has been found at this point. And people are speculating that she was having a manic episode during this time because of her bipolar disorder and maybe that somebody was chasing her. And then there are other people that are saying that maybe she was demonically possessed and that a spirit jumped into her body. I mean, there's just Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff out there. So other people are saying she was playing the elevator game and that she got herself trapped in an alternate universe. And that's why she was gone. (laughs) Right. But weeks after Lamb disappeared and five days after the elevator footage was released, the Cecil hotel guests start complaining about this is so horrible. Like, this is just... Yeah. They say that the water pressure was super low, and the water was discolored, and it had an odd taste, which ugh, uh-uh. I can't even... Like, this is why I don't drink uh, w- bottled water only for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> this so creeps me out. But the employees of the Cecil Hotel started looking at the plumbing, and February 19th, 2013, a maintenance worker goes to the roof to check the four large water tanks on the roof of the hotel. And the hatch to the main water tank is open, and he looks inside the tank, and to his horror, he discovers Lamb's body floating face Mm. up in the water. She's about 12 inches from the top of the tank, and she's naked, and the clothes from the surveillance video were found floating in the tank Mm. near her body. So, awful, awful, awful. Noon, February 19, 2013, the tank is drained, and firefighters cut it open to retrieve Lamb's body, and it was immediately taken to the county coroner's office for an autopsy. Okay, February 21st, 2013, she, her death was declared accidental. They said that she drowned and that bipolar disorder was a significant factor in this hmm. horrible accident, mm-hmm. so to speak. But how did she get in this water tank yeah. is the most perplexing thing that people are wondering about because these are eight feet tall and they're propped up on concrete blocks and mm-hmm. there was no ladder found anywhere near her. That's how the maintenance workers and different people access those tanks is right. with a ladder. So how did she get into this tank? 
how did she push their, they had these really super heavy metal lids on mm-hmm. them as well like how did she would not have been strong enough i believe they said she was like five five and like 120 yeah. pounds and they did not think that she was anywhere near strong enough to be able to push one of these heavy metal lids to be able to climb mm-hmm. into this tank it just didn't seem conceivable to anyone and wasn't the opening like really 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 small too no, they were large enough for somebody to climb in and out it of, was, but it okay. wasn't large enough, I think, for the equipment that they were needing to pull out her okay. body. So large enough for someone to crawl into the tank, but not necessarily large enough for multiple people to be able to reach in and pull her out. Gotcha. And again, you've got a decomposing dead body yeah. in a tank, and it's going to be very, very heavy, and it's waterlogged and water-soaked and things like that. Just horrific, horrific. Yeah. But a ladder was needed to climb into this and look into the tank or get in. And there was no ladder anywhere near. There was no way that she could have known about this area unless somebody showed her. Because like, mm-hmm. how, I, when you look at the pictures, it's not necessarily readily apparent that these are water tanks either. Right. Like when, you're, when you're looking at the scene. And we'll post some pictures on Instagram. They just of, look like big cylinders on the roof. Yeah. yeah. You, how would you know that this was a water tank? I don't know. Unless somebody showed it to you. And the only yeah. people that knew about this was staff. Right. and maintenance workers for this hotel. So th- that's why you got a lot of speculation at that point that she was she knew somebody, she was with a staff member, and maybe the staff member killed her and put her in this tank. Because mm-hmm. how would she know about this? Not only that, but in order to access these water tanks, she had to really jump through a lot of hoops. It was only mm-hmm. one real door that went to it, and that door was locked, and the only people that were allowed to have the key were hotel workers, and then there was an alarm that supposedly would be triggered if you opened this door, right? Mm-hmm. And... So they look into it a little further and they see that the other access point was climbing onto the roof from 15 stories below with a fire escape. Mm-hmm. So it would be challenging to get to these tanks. And yeah. not only that, but how would you know they were there unless somebody from the staff showed you they were there? Right. I just have a hard time believing that Elisa Lamb knew these water tanks were there unless somebody showed it to her. It's a lot to go through if it, either for an accident or for a suicide. Yeah, exactly particularly when everyone else that committed suicide in that hotel jumped. Right. So why not just jump from the roof? Yeah, it's, a lot, to, to, it's a lot to go through. Yeah, why try to drown yourself in it? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Not surprisingly, though, this area had been searched with the dogs, but not the tank area. Oh, okay. Which is why they searched and the sniff, sniffer dogs didn't find anything because they, they weren't in the right area. Right. Because they didn't have any reason to believe that she would, like, how would you, it, it seemed impossible for somebody to get in, so why would you even bother searching that area? Yeah. And when Elisa was found, all of the short-term guests checked out, which is no surprise. Like, Ooh, yeah. hello, the hotel tells you there's a dead person in the water tank, you're going to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Uh, but they did have some long-term guests that stayed, and they had to sign a waiver saying that they were aware that there were health risks if they drank the water, etc. But can you imagine how horrific that would be? No. Um, the health department made the hotel drain the tanks, flush them out, and then refill the water system. Mm-hmm. But ugh, horrific. The autopsy concluded that this was obviously an accidental death, as I mentioned earlier, caused by this manic episode. But did she even drown? So, was that the cause of death? Yes. Okay. Yes. But even so, there was speculations were running rampant at that point because her blog was updated the week after she died. Experts say, you know, you have the auto-update function. Mm-hmm. It's like our podcast. We can post as many episodes as we want and schedule them to be released mm-hmm. at whatever dates we want. So they assumed that she did something of that nature. Her watch and her room key were with her in the tank. Her cell phone was never found. There was also a sand-like substance found on her clothing. It's like a particulate sand-type substance, which they never really figured out what that was either. 
And the evidence doesn't really support suicide, they say, though. And I think the medical examiner sort of struggled with trying to determine whether this was suicide, accidental, like mm -hmm. what happened that created this. And there's little multiple boxes, because I believe that the autopsy has been published. And you can see that there are multiple boxes available for homicide, suicide, mm -hmm. accidental, all that. And they checked one and then unchecked it and then checked another one and crossed it out. And there's, uh, I, I don't think the person who did the autopsy and who was kind of making these determinations was necessarily 100% certain that this is really what happened, given the facts behind this. Right. When they did the autopsy, they did not see any signs of foul play or criminal act. It wasn't like she looked okay. like she'd been strangled. There was no sign of sexual assault. They found the prescriptions she was taking in very small doses in her body and a very small amount of alcohol. But they didn't find any recreational drugs. They didn't find anything else that would show that there could potentially be other reasons behind mm -hmm. what happened in this particular instance. But what's interesting is there was a movie called Dark Waters that came out originally in 2002, mm -hmm. and then there was a remake here in the U.S. in 2005. And this storyline bears a very, very striking resemblance to the storyline in this horror movie. It's this mother and daughter that move into this kind of cheap apartment complex where they have water tanks on the roof and they find a little girl in a red jacket that had been re uh, reported missing the year earlier. They find her in the water tank. And Ooh, in the yeah. movie, there's all kinds of nasty water and there's a broken elevator and there's surveillance videos and all kinds of other stuff. And they think that maybe and a hotel employee tried to recreate this film because this was like 2013 and this movie supposedly hmm. came out in 2005. So eerie foreshadowing of what was later to happen in this Elisa Lamb case. But June 2013 was when the full coroner's report was released and they noticed again that her prescriptions, the ones that she was taking were in her system in very small amounts. And she also had some Advil and Sinutab, which is I believe a sinus medication. Hmm, okay. So ibuprofen and Sinutab. No recreational hmm. drugs, no physical trauma, no sexual assaults. However, there had also been significant decomposition because I think she'd been in the water for like two weeks. Yeah. So I think the toxicologists were a little bit unsure. And they had changed it from accidental to undetermined at one point. Mm -hmm. And then upon examination of the body, you could see that the body was bloated and decomposed. Kind of a greenish color with marbling on the abdomen and the skin. The toxicology was incomplete because not enough blood had been preserved, presumably because mm. she'd been floating in this water tank for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then some people think she was drugged, but the drugs had broken down because of the water or, you know, maybe the toxicology report just didn't test for a wide enough variety of drugs. And the results from the rape kit and the fingernail kit hadn't even been processed or done this so how do they know that there's no I mean, there's no outward signs of sexual assault but they didn't do a rape kit or test underneath her fingernails so they don't know hmm. really yeah and uh there was also subcutaneous pooling of blood in the anal area and a prolapsed rectum and hmm. most people say that this is the sign of water decomposition but there are also other people that say that this is a sign that there was some sort of sexual assault or something of that nature um prior to her being placed in the tank and then other people say, hmm. no, that's what happens naturally during the, during the course of decomposition when you put a body in water. So there's some speculation as to that as well. Yeah. Again, as I mentioned earlier, 2014, the hotel was sold to New York City Company. February 2017 was when it was designated a historic landmark, and it's currently under renovations to become a boutique hotel. But this is really interesting. September 2013, Lamb's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the hotel 
which I probably would do the same thing. Yeah. They alleged that the the hotel had failed to inspect and seek out hazards that would present reasonable risk of danger to hotel patrons and guests. Mm-hmm. But the lawsuit was dismissed in 2015. Um, they were seeking unspecified damages and burial costs. But again, the, the suit got dismissed because they determined that, you know, the hotel had done everything they were supposed to do. And there, it, there was no foreseeable way that somebody could know that there would be somebody who would climb 15 floors up a fire escape, you know, and go through it right. or go through a door that was alarmed and keyed and climb into an eight foot tall water tank that you can only access via ladder. Like no one suspected or knew or could have been expected to think somebody would do something like that. So the suit was right. dismissed. But many people were upset about what they considered a dismissal of a young woman's death under suspicious circumstances. And they say that they basically just brushed it off as, you know, recreational drug use or mental illness and did not mm-hmm. conduct a thorough investigation under the, the circumstances. And they say that the circumstances were suspicious enough to where they should have investigated this. They shouldn't have just brushed it to the side because they say she was mentally ill, which seems as though that's what happened in this case. Right. Like I mentioned earlier as well, this case has been the inspiration for many horror movies and shows and games and a whole host of other different things. There's a 2021 episode of Ghost Adventures on the Discovery Plus channel that is coming out soon, as well as a new Netflix documentary that is slated for February 10th, 2021. This case is really fascinating to me for a lot of different reasons and also very sad because this is clearly a young woman who had a lot of potential who basically had some mental health issues and it ended up costing her her life if she hadn't been murdered. So there's, there's just kind of a back and forth as to what I really believe on this. But she looks like she's a really pretty young woman and she had a lot of promise and she was friendly and outgoing and she would you know was brave enough to go take this trip into a different mm-hmm. country and by herself even when she was struggling with this depression and mental illness and some of the toxicology reports as well confirmed that she, or excuse me, the toxicology report confirms that she'd been taking her medications, but it also confirms that they, they don't think she was taking her medications properly and at the correct times, which could have created manic side effects. And that's the risk Mm -hmm. when you're not taking them properly and as prescribed. So they're indicating that the concentrations of these indicate that she took them at different times and different days and was not consistent about how she was taking them. And I don't, I've never taken medications for depression or for bipolar, so I'm not really sure, but I believe that the risk when you're not doing it properly is having a manic episode or other side effects that could be just as bad, right? So the risk is a lot of people that have bipolar don't like taking the medicine because they don't like the way it feels. They kind of develop like a completely flat affect. They don't feel good or bad. They don't feel high or low. They just don't kind of feel anything. So a lot of people don't like taking them for that reason. And the risk isn't necessarily that you'll go into a manic episode. The risk is that you'll go into, you'll start cycling again. And, And people with bipolar, they have, there's different like cycles. You can, it can last a day, it can last a week, it could last an hour between when you cycle between manic and, and depressive. Um, and, and I know, I mean, I, there's people in my family that have been uh, diagnosed with bipolar, and it is very difficult. And especially the impulsive behaviors happen in a manic episode. Yeah. And that's why I wonder if maybe the she was already in a manic episode when she went on this trip, when yeah. she just decided to go by herself, uh-huh. because that's an impulsive decision. Right. It seems like it was an impulsive decision, and that's more consistent with a manic episode. Um, the odd behaviors to me also sound like they're a manic episode. 
but I don't really know without like having a better idea of what exactly his behaviors are. Right. Back to this particular thing. There have been 16 non-natural deaths reported at the Cecil Hotel since its opening in 1927, as well as paranormal events. The Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short, was supposedly seen drinking at the hotel bar just days before her murder, and that was hmm. she was last seen there in 1947. Which is interesting. I wonder, like, so that hotel's been around for almost almost 100 years now. 16 probably seems like the average number of deaths. I would think for a large hotel, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's the, the numbers there. Um, but the names that are connected with it are yeah. uh, with some of the infamous. The body had allegedly decomposed for 19 days in the water tower before they found it, which seems Oof. like a really long time. Yeah. Um, and a really long time for the patrons to be drinking water laced with her body there's also a weird coincidence involves a weird coincidence involved from 2013 after her body was discovered in the water tank there was an outbreak a deadly outbreak of tuberculosis that happened near skid row or near the cecil hotel and this was a drug resistant strain of tb but the test kit used to kind of check out these outbreaks and to kind of see what the screening kit was guess what it was Mm -hmm. called Lamb Elisa. Yeah. Even uh-huh, spelled the same way, too, yep. which is wild. Um, weird other details that kind of came out was her phone has never been recovered, but her Tumblr account has had postings since her she passed away. It's been updated, posting some very, very strange images six months after she died, and I'll post some of these images on Instagram. It's really weird. Like What artwork. are they? really strange oh. artwork that just huh. looks very dark and it, it's wild. And this is what they're saying they think was like an auto update thing? Yeah. That, that's what the experts hmm. are saying. Um, I guess she'd been posting on Tumblr, Facebook, and then she had her own personal blog. And who was she talking to in the elevator is what I want to know. Was she talking to herself? Was she talking to somebody else? Um, there's portions of it missing, so we don't know if there was potentially somebody else that you know is not a suspect in the case because they have an alibi that they checked out and didn't want them to be accused, and they cut that portion out because mm-hmm. it showed that person. There's some other really wild theories, though. Um, see, her blog suggests that she was very troubled and that she'd been raped at some point, but her friends and family say she never revealed her mental illness and she seems very flat when she's talking about the things like this potential rape and some of the the episodes that she's had in her life Hmm. so she was very i think kind of quiet and almost secretive about some of these deeper issues that she had going on and then there's also some people suggested that she went into the tank because she was going to soak or or take a float in this tank, realizing like almost like a pool sort of a thing, and hmm. that people used the water in the hotel, so it dropped the tank down, and so she couldn't climb out again, and she drowned because, not because she wanted to kill herself, but it was accidental right. in that way. Um, but the authorities throughout this case have been evasive, uncooperative, and very suspicious, according to a lot of people who are looking at this case from the outside looking in. Um, hmm. She began her stay on the fourth floor, and the residents there say that at no time did the police ever interview them or request to interview them. I was going to ask if they ever talked to the original roommate. I believe they did talk to the original roommate, but they didn't talk to anyone on the fourth floor where she was stationed after. So the fifth floor is where they had hmm. the hostile type situation where she stayed with mm-hmm. that other roommate. And the fourth floor is where they put her. And they never talked to anyone, allegedly, on the fourth floor to determine if they'd seen her or if anybody knew anything, which is odd. Hmm. And then yeah. a later surveillance, excuse me, a later surveillance video 
which is also said to exist, shows her in the presence of two unknown men entering the Cecil Hotel, and they hand her a box, and she goes into the elevator, and the men leave, and we never see them again. So, was the box food? Where's this box? Why have we never seen it again? Who are these men? They've never been identified. And then, going back to the elevator video, they analyze it, and they say that she pressed 14, 10, 7, 4, B, which presumably is basement, Mm-hmm. And then block and hold. Those are the buttons that she pressed in the elevator that supposedly okay. created that situation where the elevator door did not close again. Mm-hmm. So again, these conspiracy theorists are running wild with this, saying that perhaps she was a guinea pig for TB drugs, the side effects of which created this manic episode in her. Um, there's talk about the last bookstore, which is the name of the bookstore Mm -hmm. she went to and how that was wild, that that was the name of it because it was the last place she ever went or was seen. Mm -hmm. And then another crazy theory is that she had started posting information about cloaking on Twitter and on some of her other social media. And during this time that she was staying in the hotel, one of the rooms was rented by the Invisible Light Agency which is a company that was registered for a room in this hotel, and they did research on developing cloaking devices. Uh, So some people say that Elisa found out about this particular thing, this cloaking thing, and was interested in it. She had been posting pictures about their activities around the time of her death, around the hotel. But essentially cloaking, it's basically a device that can make soldiers invisible. So when they're fighting... They're like blending into the environment and I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it so that- To like radar? I don't know specifically what it is. A piece of electronic equipment that will make you invisible so you can sneak up on somebody and and kill them. And they're developing it. Supposedly there was a contract with the Pentagon for a Canadian company to create these cloaking devices and to work on them for the Pentagon. And she posted, tweeted about this because it was a contract that was signed by this Canadian company. And she posted how she was interested in this cloaking device and, and the technology behind it. And then supposedly while she was staying there, there was somebody from this invisible light agency that creates these cloaking devices that was staying at the hotel at the same time. And they're speculating that perhaps this person was using this cloaking device at the time that she was there and testing it out in the hotel. Because part of the clip in the elevator shows what potentially looks like somebody restraining her or holding onto her, but you can't see it. So they think that maybe somebody had one of these cloaking devices on and were testing it out. And because she had been posting and maybe putting her nose in things that she wasn't supposed to be talking about, or maybe she'd been too nosy and so they tested it out on her, or that the person that was there testing it out killed her and was able to do it because he had a cloaking device on. But in any case, there, there is evidence that she had posted information about cloaking devices and mentioned that they were staying at this hotel and that there was activity around cloaking devices. Okay, so... Okay. Um, and then there's also the theory, the wild theory, that they had injected her with this TB and this new strain of TB, and then they put her in the tank to see how infection would spread. So those oh. are kind of the... But she kind of got stuck in the middle. She was a guinea pig. And they had this, almost like COVID, like the theories about COVID, how we created it. And then we tested it out and blah, blah, blah. There's theories that there was this this strain of TB that they were testing out. They injected her with it. And she crawled into the tank because she had an adverse reaction and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of really wild stuff out there about this case. What what is your thought on it? What is your theory? Okay. I don't, there's so many things that you mentioned that I have thoughts on. So like, 
I probably am going to forget some of them, but I want to start with the most recent one, the cloaking thing. So let's just step back and and kind of talk about what this conspiracy theory entails and the people that are espousing this theory think happened. So they think that there was somebody that had a cloaking device that literally physically made you invisible, right? There's got to be some kind of a scientific explanation behind why it makes you invisible. It's either right, but, like that's what, but that's what they're thinking. With wavelengths or with something like that. I don't, I don't think but, it literally but, makes you invisible, but to the point where that's you could see it on the camera. Okay. So you're not you, but these people are saying that there's something that makes another person invisible so that they could sneak up on somebody in uh, a military campaign and, and without them, them knowing that they're there. Yeah that this was good enough to use in a hotel in Los Angeles in 2013, yet we've not heard about this being used on a battlefield in 2020, 2021. Yeah. yeah. So let's just well, talk about that for a second. People think that it's being held in the strictest of confidence because it's extremely effective and we don't want to, you know, let anyone else know about our high-tech technology. But we use it on Skid Row is the... <laughs> Is what we're I'm what they're saying. I'm not saying I believe okay. it. I'm just saying that's one of the theories that's no, 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 like no, right. going on. So the other thing about that is there's no way it's a physical cloaking device. It has to be something that is like signal that you don't give off a heat signature or that they can't see you with radar. It has to be something like that. It's not. It can't be something where somebody could be looking directly at you and not see you. That's just scientifically impossible. <laughs> so like let's just that doesn't even, that's just ridiculous. Um, okay the. TV thing was new. I had not heard that. Um, I think that in general, I think a lot of the stuff with this story, we it's it's that conspiracy theory phenomenon that we don't think big events can happen can have small causes. We yeah. think big events have to have big causes. Yeah. Same thing with JFK. Like you can't possibly have one person just decide they want to kill a president yeah. and then it can't just go be through one it. It has to be person. a whole thing. So I think thing. that comes into play with this and that a lot of people are looking for patterns that are just coincidences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's confusing for us to see something that happened and not be able to explain it. So we have to like go back through all the different steps and look for patterns and be like, well, this could explain it. This is really weird. Even when like that doesn't make any sense. Right. We just, we have to like, we have to, it's, it's upsetting to like the human mind, right. I think. And as far as the elevator video, I really think the elevator was just broken. And I really think that she's pushing these buttons because one of the buttons you said was four, right? Yeah. That's the root. That's the floor she's staying on. Yeah. 10, 14, 10, 7, 4, and B. Yeah. So that was one okay. of the floors she was staying on. Yeah. So, okay. And... I really think that she got in the elevator, pushed a button, it didn't close, and she's like, why isn't the elevator going anywhere? She pushes another button, thinking, hey, maybe the first button I pushed doesn't work. She starts pushing other buttons, and then she steps out of the elevator, maybe there's like a sensor, maybe she thinks somebody else is outside the elevator pushing a button holding it. Yeah. And she's like waving her arms, maybe trying to sense, like signal the thing, because you know, there are some elevators that if nobody's in there and they're on the first floor, they just, the doors stay open. Yeah. So maybe she's like trying to signal, hey, I'm in here. I'm ready to go. Let's go. And she's, it's all these behaviors that look really weird because she ended up dead in a very suspicious manner. And I do think that's suspicious. But I think the behaviors before that are completely innocuous. Like I think they're just 
it's going back and looking for things that we want our brain to make sense because she died in a very suspicious way. Now, I do think she died in a suspicious way. The way she I don't moves necessarily... in that video, though, it's just, it's so, it just gives me the chills. It's so creepy. Well, but think about what you're watching. You're, you're watching it like it's a horror film. Blair Witch vid type video. You're watching it's surveillance. There is no sound. There is no color. You can only see one angle. There's not a lot of different angles that you can see from. It's not set up to like tell you a story. Yeah. Well, it's creepy so, to me nonetheless. <laughs> well, it's creepy because of what happened. But if we were just watching, if you just I would went and like think the same thing, if I saw that kind of activity, I would be creeped out by it. And but here's the thing: if you like went to a, an elevator and it didn't work, you'd probably do some weird things too, trying to be like, "What?" I what would the go hell? to the stairs. I'm, <laughs> Screw well, the right, elevator. But like at first, you would be like, "Why isn't this working? Is the hold button? Is somebody holding it? Is maybe the hold button's been pushed? Is it like is the floor that I'm trying to go to is that button broken? Like you would try all these things because why would you think there's like a demon in the elevator? That's not like the first thing you think of. Uh... You know what I mean? Normal people. It's maybe. not. It's not the most. It's not the first thing most people think of. <laughs> so, but like, as far as how she died, that's the part that I can't explain, and I think it's suspicious. And I could, I could entirely be persuaded to to believe that somebody did murder her and put her there. And I think that it is absurd that the police never followed through on a rape kit or the fingernail right. analysis because there could be defensive. She could have skin cells under her yep. fingernails. That, but she doesn't have any visible defensive wounds because of the time of decomposition. Right. I mean, there's there's physical evidence that could have been there that it doesn't seem like they did anything. And it just seems like a failure on the police department to not look into it. Yeah, I think they brushed it aside because they believe she was mentally ill. And yeah. it's tragic. And it's I could sad see that. And it's incredibly depressing that at this point in, in time, we're still treating mental health patients like these weird demonic creatures rather than human beings. Right. I think, I don't know. I just kind of like, I think the thing with the elevator video is like, if you just look at the elevator video by itself, you don't know what happened to her. You're like, well, that's weird. I think she's but in like, the middle of a manic episode. Like I'm almost certain of And it. she may have been, yeah. but I don't think that she's, I don't think that there's anything nefarious about the video. I think the elevator was broken and she's trying to figure out how to make it work. And I mean, maybe she's even talking to herself and just being like, what the hell's going on? I don't know. I think maybe she, maybe she <laughs> came across her murderer at that time because that was the last known sighting of her. Maybe the murderer was out there in the hallway talking to her and she was trying to get away I, from him. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It, a lot of pieces have to fit together, I think, for that to be the case. Like the murderer would have had to have known that the elevator was broken, that the door wasn't going to go. And the, ele- the, like they would have had to have known like not to go in there. Cause they would have been seen on the security camera and like just how far up to like the view of the security camera they could get without being seen on it. There's a lot of things that have to fall into place for that to be the truth. Yeah. There's no security camera. Like right. On the roof right. Though. No, I'm talking about as far as explaining her it's behavior the with elevator. the elevator. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause it's, it's, it would be hard as hell to carry a body up a ladder like that, eight feet up on a ladder to carry a 120 pound body. Maybe up a somebody was flirting with her and they're like, "You want to go swimming in this in the water tank? I do it all the time." Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's you just, know, it's so wild to me. There's just so many interesting, weird little parts of the story that just is so perplexing to me. And yeah. the fact that they didn't do the rape kit and they didn't scrape under the nails and test that is baffling to me. But right. again, we kind of touched on that earlier. And then the fact that this is the Cecil Hotel and there's so many other crimes that have happened there and so many, it's, it's notorious for that. And it's just, it's 
creepy and weird and, and bizarre and there's a lot of twists and turns in it and it's this poor young woman whose life was cut short for whatever reason that people just want to know why. Right. I... Yeah, I think I think it's a failure on the police not to investigate this because I do think she it's very likely she could have been murdered. I definitely believe that. I don't think that she just ended up in the tank by herself. That's Especially weird. with yeah. no ladder or no like, yeah. like evidence of her having climbed or, in there herself. Um, you know, there's always the explanation that the tank, because somebody said that they showed satellite images and the tank was open, that they showed the tank tank mm-hmm. was open so it could have been that the tank was open and there was a ladder there and she was like oh let me go check this out she gets in and then somebody later comes by after she's you know after the tank goes down a little bit because people are using the water right she can't climb out again she's stuck in there and so she dies and then somebody comes up a maintenance worker or whatever and says oh i need this ladder for something so they grab the ladder take it away and they don't know that there's a body right. in there and and i can see that but the thing about the water dropping is a little bit i'm not sure i buy because that would mean a lot of people in the hotel are using a lot of water all at the same time for it to drop enough yeah, for her to not be able to get back out. That was you know one of I the mean? theories that the hotel said, that she had crawled in there to soak or swim or whatever, which seems bizarre to me. Like, who the hell would get into a tank like that and try to float? Nobody- I don't think anybody would. I, I think somebody told, I, I kind of subscribe to the thing of like, an employee was like, hey, do you want to go swim in the water tank? I do this all yeah. the time. And they're trying to and flirt so with her or something like that. she wasn't murdered, you're saying? They told her to do this and she got in there and... No. I think I think somebody was with her in the water. T- like, they were like, let's go swimming in the water tank. And then they maybe the murdered her tank. or something. That's wild. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't know. It's... It... You think she was think dead they before they put her in the water, in the water tank. tank? But then again, as I mentioned earlier, like, it would be so hard to... Yeah, yeah, because be, she drowned, so she would have so had to been in the water to, to do something before like she died. That. So she had to have, but uh, I don't know. I don't really think they did a detailed investigation on this because they just assumed that it was accidental. D- that's the thing. So it's hard to say. That's the thing, and that leaves it open to all of the speculation of like, is it the elevator game? Is she going to? Does she get trapped in a so different now we dimension? Watch the Netflix to, come on, episode when it comes out in February, and tell the, the listeners like what we think yeah. about that as well. So it's just it's a fascinating case. Yeah. It's sad and it is. It's very fascinating, perplexing all at once. So I mean, maybe they'll find something out about it. I don't know. Maybe it'll just remain unsolved, like the pigeon lady of Pershing Square. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Netflix special or you know, or the Discovery Plus thing. Maybe it'll just bring more attention to it, and they'll open it back Somebody's up again. Somebody's got to know something because most of the time when these cases happen, it's something that ha- that can be solved. I think. Yeah. Most of the time when somebody knows something and they say something. Yeah. Inadvertently they get drunk or they brag about it. Yeah. It's got to be one of those kind of things. So. I think so too. But I mean, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up since it's an, at an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. But that'd be a good long episode. So yeah. That's nice. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I think things are, when we don't know the answer, we look for things that try and make some kind of sense to us that have like a big explanation and I just don't think there is a big explanation for most things yeah it's super (laughs) perplexing that some of these weird theories have come out and and why but yeah um clearly we don't believe in most of these wild ones but I do think the elevator game is interesting (laughs) not saying that it's real but it's it's interesting that somebody would make something like that up and like put it out there and 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 it's kind of like people are doing yeah yeah, exactly. But in any case, please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, tell your friends about us. Give us good good marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can shoot us an email. We're at the BFD Podcast at gmail.com. Darcy, social media. 
Yeah, we are at the BFD podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. So we will post um, show information and pictures and all that good stuff there as well. Yeah, those pictures, check. Those are wild. You're just going to be like, what? Yeah, I'm interested in the Tumblr posts. And pictures of what she looks like. And yeah, it's really interesting. The water tanks and things like that. And please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild cases. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe. Keep it real. Don't climb in water tanks to soak (laughs) in the water. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And use a water filter. (laughs) (laughs) Never drink the water in a hotel. Yeah. Okay, bye for real this time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.